Welcome to the WealthStack Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Rosick, the Director of WealthStack Content and Solutions. There's a hot new category on the Kitsis Advisor uh, fintech map. And I say new, but it's more like this category finally has a fitting name, advice engagement. So in this episode, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Santiago Burridge, CEO and co-founder of Lumiant, the company determined to engage the unengaged. Santiago, thank you so much for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Shannon. So before we unpack what's really driving innovation around advice engagement, I have a new way of doing these podcast episodes, new segment, so you know what's coming first. So welcome to segment one called Stats All Folks. And I want to start with the number 68%. In our recent WealthStack study, two-thirds of the firm's surveys cited that improving overall efficiency and productivity is really a primary objective of their tech spending. Is this also what you're hearing not only in the U.S., but abroad and other markets as well? Yeah, 100%. But I'm not sure we're fixing the right problem, quite frankly. So I read those stats and I I get it. We all want more efficient tech stack, right? But from someone who was an advisor for 16 years and I guess was on the buy side of tech before I built my last business and sold it and, and built this business was, you know, tech was promised to solve all our problems and it has been really sold to our generation to solve all our problems. But quite frankly, it's created more. And I don't think we've looked at tech broadly, let alone our industry, uh, in the right way. If I think about it from an industry perspective, we've started completely from the wrong perspective. So I don't think we'll ever get the tech stack right until we understand that the client doesn't care about our CRM the client couldn't care less about our financial planning software. The client couldn't care less about our investment custodian or platform. The client wants to lead their best life. And if we understand technology from the client's perspective, this is a really simple business. And we have just overcomplicated it. We've been sold to. We're not, we, you know, I, 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 CRM being probably the biggest tech, player in the industry you know i i keep thinking about this an acronym crm and completely get confused because it's not a crm it's a srm it's a wrm it's a sales relationship management tool it's a workflow management tool but there's no client in it and until we recognize that the client's been kind of ignored, then I don't think we'll ever get a tech stack right. So long-winded answer and probably a whole bunch of cans of worms I've opened up there. You know, we're always going to be striving for efficiency, but until we understand what we're trying to solve for, I think we're never never going to get there. No, and I think that's an interesting perspective, and it can certainly be hard for people to hear that maybe we've gotten this wrong. You make a good point that we have potentially approached this incorrectly. It's overcomplicated. And so we're almost doing a bit of this unwinding, it seems. So it's encouraging to see firms like Lumiant say, hey, no, we're putting the client first. Let's unwind all this and basically start start over this client experience. That's it. Yeah. I'm surprised so- I was so articulate, to be honest, Shannon. I'm just going to remind everyone, <laughs> it's a very early in Australia at the moment. So, you know, be kind to me. <laughs> well, you sound great. So no worries there. 
But I do want to talk about the number 150 next. A few months ago, you actually told wealthmanagement.com the goal was to work with 150 advisors in the US by the end of 2022. What's the update? How's it going? <laughs> uh, look, close, close. Uh, we're very lucky. You know, I need to be, you know, I'll be very frank here. We, we're very lucky that we've got a fantastic anchor client in Savant Wealth Management based out of Rockford, Illinois. Uh, you know, that helps getting to 150 quickly, right? When you get such a brilliant firm to work with and, and to be able to launch with. So, yeah, it sounds good. You know, November 3, so for those who don't know, um, Australia was pretty COVID affected and and where our borders were shut until November 3, 2022, 2021. So I was on the the second plane out of Australia and knew we needed to launch in the US. So you can imagine launching a a business that's never been heard about in another country from scratch with no staff to finishing the year, you know, close to that target um, is pretty cool. So I don't underestimate or overestimate the challenges in front of us, but I'm proud of what we achieved in 2022. And I never heard of... Shannon Rosick, you know, in 2021, and now I'm getting to talk to her and a whole bunch of other cool people, and and we got a great business solving a great problem in the biggest market in the world. Um, so yeah, we're we're cool, we're happy, um, but look out, you know, we've set the whole platform up to be global. It was never about America, it was never about Australia. It was about helping as many people in the world get better advice, and and we haven't lost sight of that goal either. Absolutely. Well, I saw another press release come out today and another new partnership to continue to drive your innovation and growth. So congratulations on that. So I fully expect to hear more and more about Lumiant in the news. So I want to dive into the meat of this conversation and really understand the challenges that Lumiant is solving for and how your technology is ultimately helping engage the the disengaged. Walk me through the process of what an advisor and client would, would go through together on this platform. Thank you. Look, it starts with, you know, really coming back from what I experienced as 16 years as an advisor, which was, quite frankly, I knew exactly what I was selling a client when they walked in the door. They met a good guy, got to know them, and I sold them what they were going to be sold regardless of what they said. And that hurts. It sucks to say it, but it's true. And there's going to be a lot of people who are listening who it's going to cut to the bone, right? We knew I knew what I was selling a client when they walked in the door. I had my in-house product, you know, and I got the 1% or whatever it was. And that's not advice, right? That's sales. And for me, what I'm passionate about was having seen that being part of that side of the industry and wanting to fix it was, you know, profession serves its clients and an industry sells to its clients. And I wanted to be part of creating a profession. And when you started to unpack what that looks like, I quickly realized that we, as a business and an industry, we're communicating to one half of the relationship. And this is where coming kind of engaging the disengaged. So we had the alpha, typically the male, historically changing with generations, which is fantastic, but it actually does seem as reverting in the next generation, where we, we kind of sold to the alpha and we replicated the beta, the female, and and at the end of the day, we delivered an alpha product. You know, they could log online and see how they're going to the product we have no control over, right? And then again, that, that's another subtle statement, but that's just true. You know, we have no idea what's going to happen in the markets. And if we say we do, we're kind of lying. Um, so we, I kind of sat there and went, well, who's the buyer in the relationship? Well, the buyer is probably the beta. It's probably the person who's worried, worried, worried about their family, who's thinking about life and what it means to their lives and their children or their education or their charities or 
their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, their holidays, their retirement, all this type of thing. And I realized everything we kind of did at that first wonderful meeting, Shannon, where I got to know you and I spent all this time empathizing you and understanding what drove you. And then I wrote this beautiful document that was, you know, investment proposal, whatever it was. You threw it into a filing cabinet. I gave you a link to see how you're going to something you're never going to log on to. Like it just actually is stupid. Mm-hmm. And I it doesn't similar make experiences. Like, yep. <laughs> right. And it makes no sense. And the stats all back it up. Now, I could count countless surveys that 70% of women feel disengaged, 50% are going to, uh, 70% are going to fire their advisor of, 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 on their partner's death or passing on. They're 50% feel disengaged and 36% feel completely patronized by their advisor. So yep. we're doing a horrendous job. Let's just be honest. Those stats are not good. Then we think about the fact that 16% of women are in our profession and in accounting, it's 51. Why are women in accounting but not in advice? And I can tell you it's simple. Accounting, they're selling a service and advice, we're selling a product. And, and it's not we're not attracting the right people to the profession. So I'm talking about the disengaged here now on multiple levels. I'm talking about the fact how we're going to bring young, talented people through this profession, particularly females who are going to be who are going to be the dominant client. Well, we need to lead with something completely different than product. Product matters, don't get me wrong, but it's hygiene. It's got to be done really well. And it's got to meet market and it's got to meet their goals and objectives. But it's freaking hygiene. That guy sits in the corner. We pull him out when we need to. The most important person in my office, he knows how to deeply engage my clients about the things that matter to them. They're the most valuable person in my office. They don't need to be an advisor necessarily. They mean someone who has an incredible ability to have heart and empathy. And so when I thought about it, I realized it was an extraordinary opportunity, once in a generation, lifetime opportunity for us as a profession to realize that we have at least 50% of our client base that want to have a conversation about something completely different. They want to talk about their lives, their values, their goals, their best life, their dreams, their aspirations. They want to be reminded that, you know, Santi, make sure on Monday morning you go and have that surf because you're going to have a lot better week if you have that surf Monday morning and it's going to just set you in the right place. And I want my advisor to let me know about that. I do not want a market commentary. I'm never going to read it. And, and so the, talking about the disengaged, if I could summarise it, it's the fact that I want to help young people join this profession and feel like they're part of a profession that helps people lead better lives. I want to help the current advisors that are in this profession who have been told advice is X to, real, to deliver on Y and advice and give them the tools to deliver on it. And then I want to help these clients, which quite frankly, 90% of them want to have a different conversation. It's not 50-50. It's not male-female. It's 90. Anyone who's coming in to see an advisor is the non-financial spouse. They both are. That's why they come into an advisor. They don't know. Now, they might, one may have more knowledge and one might do the banking and one might read the, the you know, Wall Street Journal, whatever. But... Both of them don't know what to do. And this, these clients are dying to have a different conversation about their lives and the opportunity for this profession to pivot, still charge the same, but to pivot from, from alpha to beta, I think is extraordinary. 
Well, it's interesting. We touched on this earlier, this kind of rewiring, not only of the client, but of technology firms to, like you said, think about this all differently, which opens up all these concepts around, you know, behavioral finance and psychology. And, you know, when it comes to this concept of advice engagement, how can technology is something that you can't necessarily hold in your hand easily, see, but really capture those intangibles that you were talking about, like understanding empathy and life goals and, and, and things that, you know, that you don't normally think of when you hear the word technology. It's, it's actually kind of simple and I'm not the, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed. So I don't give myself any credit for this, right? This is really quite friggin' obvious. When a client meets an advisor, we know the advisor spends a whole bunch of time understanding what's important to them and then anchors their experience in a product. We know the advisor hates that because when markets are okay, they look good, and when they're not, then they've got to defend something they've got no control over, and it's okay, she'll be right, hang in there, mate. You know, there's Australian parlance for you. She'll be right. That means it's things will be okay, and it's kind of that's the proposition, right? And, and, and we talk about the kids and their family and their holidays and how they went. All I saw, sat there and went is imagine if we could create technology that brought that extraordinary meeting to life, that incredible reason why you just decided to put your entire financial life in the hands of someone else. What if we brought that to life? What if we help them understand what truly drives them in life, their priorities? What if we help them understand their values? Because values are the driver of you and I and, and everyone in the world you know we, we that's what drives us so if we live our life closer to our values psychology will tell you we're going to be happier simple as that so what if we help people understand that and then what if we could draw their goals to that and link their values to their goals and so not only now are they achieving what they wanted to achieve but it's linking back to their purpose in life which is now going to make them as a family much more happier what if we could then link that to the things that drive their best life. Now, there's lots of tools out there that can help you put in a simulation and bingo, you're on track, right? Problem is it sits in your filing cabinet and, you know, it's used as a sales tool. Look, you know, we've, you're 74 out of 100. We've got you, whatever that means. We've done a great job, but we just wanted to hero that and bring that to life and let the clients, clients, Remembering currently one client is logging on sometimes to look how they're going to that thing we don't have control over. Get the clients logging on, interacting with their advisor about all the things that are important to them in their lives. And for me, that's, that's advice engagement. That's heroing advice and it's something I'm really passionate about. How do we hero the extraordinary things we as a profession have done? How could we have a place where in 10 years, Shannon, you and your husband, could log on and say, these are all the things we've achieved together. And our advisor is part of that happening. Like imagine being able to look back and go, that's the value they, they've created in my life. Not, oh, we've outperformed the benchmark. Right. But we've achieved everything that we set out to achieve. Or you know what? We hit the guardrails. Something changed in our life. Jobs, new towns, children, marriages, divorces, deaths. And we've had to... We've had to, you know, reshape. We've had to go, okay, we've had to sit down with an advisor and go, wow, we've hit a guy row. You know, now money's not as important as us as it was before. Actually, riding the horses on the weekend are. So, you know, how do we change our life? How do, how do we 
achieve what we want. And then I think that is the power of advice. And all I've thought about is how do we hero advice in a platform? And that for me is advice engagement. But advice engagement is useless unless it has the client as the North Star. And what I've refused Lumion in, 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 you know, we've had plenty of people say, I want this, I want that, you know, you do that, we'll use you. I refuse to lose our North Star, which is heroing the client journey in a platform. And we think the market is waking up and we're seeing great firms in Australia and the US sign up with us who realise that having an industrialised advice process around the client where technology supports it, town now it's it's the only game in town now i don't have a better product i don't have a better fund i don't have a better etf i don't have a better sma i don't have a better investment platform i don't have a better crm well financial planning software is probably as good as the next ones it's the client that is the game well you're talking my language a few minutes ago talking about riding horses on the weekend so say because i everyone knows me as like the weird horse girl in the industry i i have two now i light money on fire you know every month so i probably could stand to use an advisor to keep me on track but take someone like myself for example you know married no kids knowing that eventually i would love to say own a horse property out in colorado someday and I, I log into the platform, what does that initial process just look like at a high level uh, when you're logging in with your advisor on the platform? What are the first few steps you're going through so I can get a sense of the, the user experience? All right. So we built 11 modules, a modular test stack, AWS, integrates with most things. It's, it's intended to be used as it works for you in your meeting, right? You know, so for a first meeting, for clients who are really values-based, dive there. Goals or what you're talking about is my best life, which is really this ability to sit there and go, well, what if? What if we did this? Really, it allows you to sit there, Shannon, and come in and go, well, I, what if I had this trade-off? What if we wanted to have four horses? What if we wanted to work three days a week? And it just enable you with their advisor to play. It enables you to come in and play. But we, your advisor knows you're in there playing, so we let the advisor know notification. You've been in there trialling a few different... Uh, strategies but at the end of the day it just enables you to go what if what if we did this what if we did that what if we took more risk what if we retired later what if we helped others more what if we had children all those different type of things understand all those scenarios and enable you to model it in itself not that revolutionary but again for us and and i say that actually probably more from a u.s context so if there's global listeners are fairly revolutionary. So that tank doesn't exist very well in around the world. But in the US, it sits there right in the center of the financial planning process. But we wanted to hero that in front of the client. So the client can then log on any day and go, am I on track to live my best life? Markets are down 10%. I'm okay. I'm fine. Good. Nothing to worry about. Well, I want to move on to segment two now. So thank you for indulging me on, on all things Lumiant. But uh, next segment, as you know, and I'm sure you saw on LinkedIn, is Ask Us Anything. So we've gone out to the social universe and asked them to submit questions. And they have delivered because the folks want to hear from you. <laughs> so first question we had was, is advice engagement technology like Lumiant being adopted by the next-gen advisor? Is this something the next generation is interested in since they are already naturally tech-savvy? The best quote I had was, and I don't know if this flows through to the US, I can't own my parents' home 
because house prices are so expensive, but I can live my life closer to my values. And that hit me like, you know, that was that was a punch to the Gen X head because we've sat here and tried to achieve our parents' lives <laughs> and we're having to work even harder. Like back then, at least they got the corner office and could put their feet up and, and enjoy it. You know, our generations, the complexities are through the roof. So, you know, I, I, I looked at that quote as part of our research when we were building Lumi, we spent uh, a big amount of time, maybe I'm now thinking probably five months in a human-centered design process trying to understand what the client really wanted and what the advisors wanted. The next-gen advisor is desperate. Like imagine being an advisor. I can't imagine it, quite frank. Imagine joining a firm and, right, your job I can't really play it any other way is to, you know, get to know your clients, empathize with them, and we're going to teach you how to do that. And then what we do is we have our model here and we sell that to them and we make 1% of that. And right. So I'm not an idiot. My job is basically to get more money into that and 1% of that, right? That, that's, that's, that's it, right? And, and in fact, I'm highly conflicted because there might be the best advice is to not do that, but I still should because that's the only way I make my money. So what we're seeing in Australia is the next gen really fundamentally shift around that, moving away from asset-based fees, which I know is a bit of a shock to the system in the US, but um, yes, really charging, do- charging dollar fees for advice and, and valuing advice and, and actually being the leaders of change in the industry for that, which could all credit to them. And that doesn't mean, you know, if you give another extra million dollars with me, I'm not going to charge you more. Yes, I am because complexity has gone up and risk's gone up and so forth. But valuing advice for time not time as in $300 an hour, but valuing advice for these are the things I've got to deal with and it's going to cost me X to deliver it. It actually doesn't change the economics that badly from a financial position, but that shift to values and way I deliver advice and therefore the way I capture how I service my clients is coming through huge in the next gen. In, in, in that part, and I know it wasn't part of the question, but your industry, our profession should be aware of this, accountants. So... The trusted advisor globally, sucks to say it, but true. Mm-hmm. Um, every, every, every survey comes out with that. They have been, they have not, they've had pretty horrendous technology experiences with their client, but we're winning a lot of accounting firms who are going, actually, this is what we do. We always spend time getting to know our clients and understanding what's important to them. That's the way I built my business. I'm the partner of my firm and, I, I, you know, I, I don't do that stuff. I'm doing the relationships up. So now I've got technology to support it and it allows me to get towed closer to the client and have to give away less. So it's next-gen accountants sort of thinking about how we change our industry. And we did have one more question for you. Advisors often feel they have to control the uncontrollable, you know, between the markets, global strife, pandemics, all the other macro forces we've been faced with, especially the last couple of years. And since we obviously know that's not possible, what should advisors be focusing on uh, in 2023 that will make their clients ultimately fall in love with them? If you have two meetings with your clients every year, have one about the stuff, the investments, that you've got it under control, you've got a great team behind you, we're on track, you know, we've had a tough time, we've had a good time, whatever it may be, have one meeting about that. I can guarantee you they're not going to walk out and refer you about that extraordinary alpha you created because 
the book ain't going to be written of the financial advisor who outperforms picking investments. It ain't going to be written. If it is, it's going to be completely fictional and it's going to put me to sleep. That's just reality. There is no advisor who's going to outperform big investments. And there's no fund managers either long term. It just doesn't happen. And there's no evidence to support it. Every Spiva piece of research is, you know, 99% over five years don't outperform. So it's just a hygiene. It's important you do it. It's important you do it brilliantly. It's important you communicate it to your clients. But have your second meeting every year around their life. We're not going to talk about money. We're just going to talk about you. We're going to talk about everything that drives you in your life, everything that's important to you, everything that we're tracking, all the goals, your values, your best life, your life's priorities. I can guarantee you that non-financial spouse is going to walk out of that meeting and tell all their friends about the extraordinary meeting we just had with our advisor. They know us better than anyone else that we deal with in the world, and they've helped us lead the lives that we've dreamt of. That is the game. If we're thinking about 2023, the game has shifted and the opportunity to own this trusted advisor, the opportunity to be that extraordinary, create that extraordinary human connection with your client is, is the opportunity that's staring at us right now. And we are the number one professional world. So I know I said some things that are hard, right? But they're just, I just don't buy BS very well. But we are the number one profession in the world. We are better than doctors. Right? We do more to help our clients than doctors. Doctors are reactionary. In the main, we sit there and help them lead the lives that they dreamt of. We're currently ranked the 17th most noble profession in the world by surveys that I Google. We should be one. And the way to get to one is to own this customer relationship around their life and be that person that when anything happens in their life, you help them make better decisions at those turning points and help them understand the trade-offs at those times. And that's, that's why, you know, I would encourage every firm in the world, if you want to attract better young talent, talk beta. If you want to retain talent, talk beta. If you want to grow your business organically, and I have no evidence in the US to support that advice firms are growing organically. You take out market, it ain't happening. In Australia, it's happening incredibly, organic growth in advice. It's 15 to 20% at the moment. It's extraordinary to watch. And that's, that's a whole other conversation. But the opportunity to grow organically is just talking a different language to our clients. And it might not be you. It might be, I don't want to talk about that. I love talking about the numbers. Great. Get someone in your office who loves talking about life and values and their best life and that human connection. And it could be your head of customer service who's not an advisor, who sits there with their clients and unpacks that with them and you're in the room. You know, so it's not about changing your DNA or going to psychology school. It's just hiring people who, well, attracting talent who want to talk about that and understand that that's the value of advice and then retaining talent and then for your existing talent, supporting them to have one conversation a year where we are not allowed to talk about investments. And I reckon that unlocks the organic growth because I know from all the research we've done and everything we've experienced, um, being a little bit, you know, that non-financial spouse, but historically her, she will walk out and she will tell all our friends about that extraordinary relationship. We cried with our advisor. They got to know us deeper than anyone else has ever spent the time to. And not only did they just do it, the technology supported it. And so we can now log on and see all that stuff that we just dealt with them and track it too. That's the greatest opportunity in our profession right now. And it's staring us in the face.
I would have to agree with that. And if you're a doctor listening, put on earmuffs. So <laughs> yeah. in all seriousness, I there's a lot of uh, great advice and nuggets in there. So I do hope folks listening take that seriously because that is the direction we're headed. And I'm very hopeful uh, that we'll be seeing more of this adoption around this mentality. So So thank you for that. But I do want to move on to our last and final segment. And I appreciate you again being put on the spot with a Ask Us Anything. But we've come to what's quickly becoming my favorite segment called Stack It or Whack It. If you can't tell by now, I love alliteration and puns and things like that. So just humor me here. But I'm going to throw out a few technologies because I like to end on a fun note, not necessarily wealth tech related. And you tell me if it's worth the hype, you know, essentially stack it uh, or not and whack it. So first one I want to throw out, you being in Australia, I'm going to make some assumptions. And if I'm wrong, oh, well, that you surf. (laughs) So. So what are your thoughts on motorized surfboards? <laughs> uh, whack it until you're 60 and then stack it. <laughs> Why the 60 cutoff? <laughs> you're not going to be paddling out when you're 60. Your body's going to be hurting too much. <laughs> uh, well, you're obviously not there yet, so <laughs> you're fine. But I'm, fi- I'm feeling it. I see it coming. I, I, it's going to suit me one day. Love it. So number two, uh, this is something that resonated with me because I am on my phone all the time and I have a love hate with those notifications about screen time and things like that. But warning lights for smartphone addicts. Actually, they're testing this out in Germany right now. And a public work provider is fitting experimental warning lights really around like pedestrian crosswalks. And they're supposed to just catch your attention if you're about to step out, you know, in front of a car in the street. So it seems like a brilliant idea, but I feel like it's something we like shouldn't need as a society. (laughs) It is a depressingly stacker. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, and and again, it's it's sad, right? But on multiple levels, it's a stack of, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it needs to be actually like after a certain amount of time on this thing per day, your life is going down. Your, your fun level is going down. Your ability to engage people is going down. Your ability to have a conversation with people is going down. Your ability mm-hmm. to empathise with people is going down. Clearly not a fan of it. Yeah, I yeah, I have a tendency to doom scroll and then zombie eat in front of the TV. So <laughs> it's not a pretty sight at night at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, well, Santiago, I really appreciate you indulging me today. And it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Feel free to tell folks where they can learn more and follow all things Lumiant. www.lumiant.io All right. Well, fantastic. Hope to catch you uh, stateside soon. And if you'd like to learn more about all things Wellstack, don't miss our Wellstack event, part of Wealth Management Edge, May 21st through 24th in Hollywood, Florida. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks, you all, and have a great day. 